0: At nurse Deck, we give nurses a place to belong, whether that's a platform to be heard or the breathing room to be accepted right where we are today. NurseDeck is proud to be built by our collective Nurse Voice. The Nurse Voice interview series showcases the true diversity in nursing experience through individual storytelling. We hear from professionals from all walks of nursing life, in academia, at the bedside, in the C-suites of administration, and at the forefront of nurse-led innovation. Nurses are strong, but we need each other more than ever. Our stories connect and unite us, and we're thrilled to bring you a new one each week. I'm Brianna kinney Orr, and this is The Nurse Voice. Hi everyone, Brianna with NurseDeck here. We have another installment of our Insider's Perspective interview series. NurseDeck is proud to be built on the collective nurse voice. And today we are adding the voice of Tiffany Richardson. Dr. Richardson began her career in healthcare as a medical assistant and now operates as a senior level nursing executive. She is passionate about nurse mentorship, excellence in patient care delivery models and developing resilient nursing leaders. And we are delighted to have you here and to get your take on a lot of different aspects of nursing today. So welcome. Thank you. Tell us um, a little bit about your story as a nurse, how you got started and how you ended up in nursing leadership.
1: So I, Wanted to be a nurse when I was four years old. Oh, wow. (laughs) That's awesome. I know. Nothing ever changed. So um, my grandpa died when I was four, and he told me I needed to be a nurse. So I'm a nurse. Um, I actually started as a nurse's aide in high school. Oh, cool. And then when I got out of high school, I put myself through um, medical assistant school and worked as a medical assistant for years and then got my ADN. And then went from my ADN to my MSN and then my MSN to my BMP. Wow. That's
0: awesome. So, I love that for the nurses that are listening. So we have so many different nurses in um, their different stages of their nursing careers. So to hear like all the rungs on the ladder that you hit is, is amazing.
1: Yeah. Never stop. You just keep going and it takes a village to run. Yes. Healthcare. Yes. Couldn't agree more. And um, now
0: from where you are now in your senior level nursing position as an executive,
1: um, what are some of the things that you advocate for? Patient safety and nurse safety and satisfaction. Those are the huge pieces. Yeah. Um, I think for, for patient safety, if you empower your nurses Mm -hmm. to stand up for themselves. Yes. and, they know that no matter what they do and stand up for themselves if their leadership's got their back yes yes it empowers and creates a safe environment for the nurses and the patients yeah yeah i
0: love that you made that connection because i think a lot of nurses today feel like you know management and and nursing leadership kind of it's like two separate tracks Um, And the nursing management maybe is answering to other people, but not really answering back to the nurses themselves. Um, So I love hearing like the connection between when you have happy nurses, you have safe and happy patients um, and good outcomes. Yeah. Um, And I love the whole piece of, of supporting nurses and making them really feel um, validated and empowered, um, you know, with the leadership among themselves. Um, And I, and I,
1: I think that, if you, if you wouldn't do it yourself, don't ask your staff to do it. Yes. Yes. If if you aren't comfortable doing it yourself under your licensure, Mm -hmm. don't ask your staff to do it.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a a missing piece. I think of, and, and a lot of what you hear with, with nursing complaints nowadays, I mean, with short staffing, it's, People just feel so stretched thin that they're like, I feel like my license is in jeopardy half the time that I'm working and that no one really cares. Like, I'll just be cut loose, you know, if anything were Mm -hmm. to happen. Um, And that's yeah, a recipe for burnout. (laughs) Um, Can you talk about a little bit about your approach to balancing um, growth opportunities in terms of patient satisfaction and evidence based practice and trying to provide the highest level of care?
1: So, I think that every level, whether you're a medical assistant, an LVN, an RN, there's always growth. You can always learn, learn something new. So when we have right now, I do multi-specialty clinics. Um, so when we have new procedures started, everybody gets to learn it
2: because
1: mm, you mm. never know if somebody's going to be out. Um, there's yeah. primaries and there's secondaries, so everybody gets to be out and they get to learn it and and grow. And then if you have the education and you have the time to follow the clinical ladder, I think leadership shouldn't think budget-wise. I think they should think staffing-wise. Yeah. The people that are great, Mm -hmm. and if they qualify to be an LVN3, put them up for an LVN3. Mm -hmm. Budget Mm -hmm. it for the next fiscal year if you know that's a possibility the next year. Yeah. Yeah, that is so key. A lot of times they don't think like people don't think ahead. Like this LVN going to school right now; she's supposed to graduate in two years. Well, two years from now, I want to budget an RM position for her hmm I mm-hmm. so want to keep the good people. Yeah, and them not go somewhere else because they're like, well, they didn't even think about it. They knew this was happening. Oh,
0: Right. Yeah, that is that's so key. Instead of being like a reactionary
1: staffer. <laughs> Um, Yeah, I think you just have to look ahead. We're not going to get any, it's not going to get any better. Yeah. The boomers, the baby boomers are of the age, and everybody knew this was coming. It's the biggest generation. Exactly. The baby boomers are of age that need, they need the care. And X, I don't even know what all the generations are called now, X, Y, Z. (laughs) All the generations behind us are Mm -hmm. never going to be able to catch up. Right, right. Now that the boomers have hit the age that we all were, knew the g- nursing shortage was going to get critical. Exactly. It just, but it got critical at the same time we had COVID. Right. That was the wild card. <laughs> Which now it's, it's not going to get better. So we have to start, we have to start empowering the people that like the medical assistants go back to school. You would make an amazing nurse. Yeah. CNAs, yeah. Go back to school. You would make an amazing nurse. Yeah. Start empowering people to think that they can go further.
0: Right. And and even going further to say, like, you would make an amazing nurse here. Like, we want you. <laughs> I think that would, yeah, that would be a, a big difference in how people are are feeling like their employers count them as a number, as a body that's just filling a role as opposed mm-hmm. to someone that they want to invest in. Um. Yeah, I think that would go a long way with attrition for sure. Um, talk to us about some of the biggest challenges you've experienced in your career and the lessons you've taken away from it.
1: <sighs> biggest challenge is, stand biggest challenge for a nurse, no matter who you are, is standing up to your providers and your leadership mm. to do the right thing, mm-hmm. right? We've all done it. Mm-hmm. And y'all, you just want to choke down your lunch when you're doing it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know you're doing the right thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, you're just like, okay, this is going to be bad. Yeah. But that's got to be the biggest challenge for any nurse out there. Mm-hmm. Um, you're doing the right thing. You know you're doing the right thing. Um, for me, in leadership, my staff knows I'll go down in flames fighting for the right thing. Yeah. <laughs> and I have come close a couple times, times, yeah. but they also know that if they're standing up and they're fighting for what they truly believe is right, I will never argue it. I will come right behind them and say, yep, we're not doing it. Yeah. How, how do you so, think you,
0: do you think that's like an inborn personality trait of yours or is that something you intentionally and purposefully developed as a nursing leader? I think
1: it's both, I think it's kind of an armor that we mm-hmm. all, after years of nursing, you kind of get that armor where you're like nobody's gonna nobody's gonna stand up for nursing mm-hmm. but nursing mm-hmm. and nobody's gonna stand up for the patients but the nurses mm-hmm. like yeah. you're the one that stops bad things from happening right, so if we're not willing to to do it, then we just it stops. I mean, the patients patients understand, like patients in the hospital, patients in the clinic. Patients inherently understand that the clinical staff is the one that makes things happen for them. Mhm. Mhm. Um, yeah. Oh, and if they're sick patients, they truly know who's ma- who's who's getting stuff pushed through, right? Yeah. The nurses getting the prior authorizations, the nurse is getting the setup, the nurse got my home house. Like mm-hmm. they know who's behind the wheels of the machine. Yeah. But I I don't I don't think that I don't think that the new generation of nurses was taught take your battle. Mm-hmm. Like I'm I'm old. But um <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. I'm old too. <laughs> I'm old. So, but when I grew up, I I was raised by a boomer, right? So the whole thing was pick your battle. Mm-hmm. What hill do you want to die on? Right. Pick your battle. So that's how I was raised. So I carried that into nursing, and you pick your battle. Do we really want to fight over this, or are we just gonna let this go and fight over this? Right. Right. So you know, fighting over, um. I don't know one extra patient for the shift opposed to fighting over getting critical patients on the floor. Which one are you going to fight for? Like we probably shouldn't have critical on the floor. Let's fight that battle Yeah. and we'll take the one extra patient. I think we have to give them the power to to pick their battles Mm -hmm. and have the support to do it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's very true. Do you feel like in getting feedback from nurses, that is something that they're asking of you guys, or is that something that you've observed that that's where nurses really need that extra
1: executive and nursing leadership support? I think both. Mm -hmm. So, my nurses know that they can come to me with anything, right? Mm -hmm. And they can, if here's the thing, (laughs) there's two different types of ways. come into my office you come into my office and say i need to vent and shut the door i'm not listening to you yeah you're just venting yeah you come into my office and say i need to talk we shut down everything turns off and we talk yeah but they know that they can come in and do either or Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and they know what triggers it they know that um they they know that i'm going to stand there and fight with them Mm -hmm. they know that if they say hey i I have to go talk to the doctor. I don't think this is right. Do you want me to come with you? Right. Do you mind standing close so you can hear? Absolutely not. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's
1: amazing. But I, I, I don't think that everybody has somebody that's going to support you far enough back that they're going to let you do it on your own mm-hmm. without stepping in. Yeah. You know, and you're not, you're never going to learn. You're never going to get your, you're not, you're never going to get your armor Mm -hmm. if you don't have to make some of those things by yourself. Yeah. So I call it armor because, you know, we all have to have a thick layer of skin.
0: Yeah. Your community of real nurses is waiting for you. Join Nurse Social from NurseDeck today to connect and network with nurses from all over. Ask questions and share advice. Only verified nurses and nursing students have access to member areas. So new nurses, veterans, mentors, and leaders are here to connect and support one another. Get rewards for participating in your community. Score social points as you engage with fellow nurses and redeem your credit to support a growing list of products and services created by other nurses. Follow topics that interest and affect you as a nurse. Your peers are creating topics and stocking them with an unlimited supply of advice and resources. And you can follow along to help build a better world for nurses everywhere. Head to social.nursestack.com to join in today. We'll see you there. Yeah. I mean, it's an interesting dichotomy between the, the thing that many nurses celebrate and enjoy about their career is the autonomy to be in a professional role and really make a difference. But on the other hand, sometimes that solidarity piece is really missing. And mm-hmm. and that is creates, I think, a feeling that nurses can't quite put their finger on, but they're just like, I want to be independent and professional and and be empowered to make my own decisions. But like when the moments that matter come up, I need to feel like I have the backup is there. Yeah.
1: Like I, I want to do this, but can you stand close enough to keep an ear out? So if you need to step in, yeah, you're there. And I'm like, sure. And I literally will be standing around the corner. Yeah. Damn. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> and, it, it, right. and then uh, people walk by and they're like, what are you doing? <laughs> nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Counting the tiles. Nothing. Yeah, But I, I think they need, I, and I think, the baby nurses, green nurses, whatever you want to call them. Like, I grew up when the time of nurses ate their young. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. First day on the floor, I started in ICU because that's what you did, right? Mm-hmm. You came out of nursing school. You went in some form of ICU so you could get a skill set. Mm-hmm. You could get the hard stuff. I I can remember... I don't know, we were maybe six months in and it was me and another grad that was six months and we were, I worked NICU and we were in minimal STEM and we both switched, in and we were like, we we don't feel comfortable with this assignment. And we were told to go take the assignment and yell if we needed help.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, nurses don't have to do that. They have more of a voice mm-hmm. than they did when I was in school. Yeah. And coming out of school and just starting nursing. Yeah. But the other thing is, is we have to change and we have to change an entire, like nursing right now has five generations of, of people yeah. in it. Yeah. You can't, you can't talk to all five generations the same way.
0: Yeah. That's such a good point.
2: That's so you true.
1: You can't treat five generations the same way, mm-hmm. but we have to get all the generations to get on board to make nursing stronger.
0: hmm Yep. Yep. You know, that's such an insightful observation.
1: So true. I mean, we were, we're one of the very few professions that have all five generations. Yeah. Working right now. Right. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's a huge, it's a huge undertaking because like I said, we go cause boomers are still working. Mm-hmm. So you go from boomers, you have boomers. Xers. What is it? Z? Z yeah. <laughs> I don't know a bunch. <laughs> I'm like, there's lots of generation names in there. I don't even know. Yeah. <laughs> but you would never go up and talk to a boomer the way you would talk to a millennial. Yeah. Right. Because a boomer would find it offensive and rude, but a millennial wants a more direct route. Yes. Right. Right. But they just want you to come up and say, I need you to do this. Yep. Not yeah. the rationale behind why you need to do this.
0: Yeah, I think, and in that same line of thought, a behavior that you might see in a boomer that is the same behavior in a millennial, they might be doing it for different reasons. Hmm. Yeah. Agree. Huh. Agree. Yeah. How do you, as a nurse executive, like I think when we're picturing that, that ladder, that clinical ladder that you're climbing up, you know, year after year, adding initials after your name, how do you continue to, to promote your own growth and development, even at the executive level? Like if you've reached, you know, the zenith of your career,
1: how do you keep So I I think it's important to keep your brain moving. Hmm. Like no matter what you're doing, keep your brain moving and stay with um conferences present at conferences you once you get to a higher level you have contacts that are at a higher level that you can get more research you can do more stuff volunteer for committees i think this year i got put on nine committees yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> they're like hey we're putting you on this committee as a content expert i'm like oh okay yeah <laughs> you know i mean just keep active, but you also, I think when you get into nursing executive, you have to keep active in the same things that your staff's keeping active in. So mm-hmm. if your staff is having a patient satisfaction committee, volunteer for that committee.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So I think the biggest disconnect in nursing is once you get to a certain level, you're no longer visible by your staff. Mm-hmm. And I think when you become non visible to them, they just see you as I when I was a baby nurse we called them suits. Exactly. Like you're you're playing for the other team now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like you're just a suit. I can't no. come to you, I can't talk to you, I can't approach you. Out of touch. Like Yeah. I think as an executive, you have to you have to stay engaged with your staff the whole time. Mm-hmm. And I think staying engaged with your staff also helps you because you're getting to know the things cuz they have changed so many like intramuscular injections changed mhm right yeah you get you're like what <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's evidence you <laughs> don't know back anymore turning up new evidence
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah so you know the, the basic things like I am injections changed.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But you wouldn't know that if you weren't watching evidence or you weren't talking to your new nurses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think the, the interaction with everybody is the key. Mm-hmm. All of us share everything. That nursing is such a collaborative profession mm-hmm. that if you allow yourself to be a nurse for the reason, you, that you wanted to be a nurse and not Mm -hmm. let it jade you Mm -hmm. Mm because all of us have had bad days. Totally. You know, and all of us have had days where we're like, we can't go back today. (laughs) Right. You start Googling like other career
0: options for people (laughs) that have their nursing license.
1: So all of us have had those days, but if you let yourself and I actually had one of my staff, she was having a really bad day and I was like, it's eight hours Mm -hmm. and it starts over tomorrow. Yeah, it's eight hours, and she was like, "And I said, do you need forty minutes? Like, do you? I can go give you something that's a no brainer, but you can scan for yeah. the next hour." Yeah, and she's like, "Really?" And I was like, "Yep." Yeah, and she's like, "Okay, well that that would be good. I just I kind of need to just step away and get quiet." And I'm like, yeah. "Perfect, step away, get quiet." But I don't think if you don't have that interaction and you don't have the wheels turning in your head all the time except for budgets and you know Mm -hmm. yeah you just lose it
0: and I think we've all worked for someone or with someone who sees that role as being a micromanager (laughs) so how do you get nursing leaders into the advocacy lane and out of the (laughs) lane?
1: I actually had one of them tell me, I am so happy I don't work for a helicopter boss anymore. And I was like, what? Yeah. And it took me a minute and I was like, "Uh, oh, micromanager. Okay. Like, I didn't know what a helicopter mom was. So that's a whole (laughs) different terms. And I was like, well, what do you mean? So... I'll give you an example. I have a brand new like, brand new graduate nurse, brand new, where her first job. She actually passed towards two weeks before I hired her. Wow. And she got offered another position with a much higher salary um, because it's a place people don't generally want to go work, right? Mm-hmm. So they pay more. And I said, you do whatever's best for your family. Like, mm-hmm. I get it. You got to take care of your kids. You got to take care of your stuff. But when I interview people, I tell them, this is a family. You will be treated like a family, and you will be expected to act like a family. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: These are your siblings. Siblings fight, but they all still love each other in the end. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I think if you get your managers, your baby managers, as you're growing them to understand that piece of it, would you go fight for your brother? Yeah. Right. Exactly. You may
0: be fighting in the car on the way to school, but like on the playground, if someone's messing with them, like, yeah, yeah,
1: nobody else can talk to your brother the way you talk to your brother. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You know, like if you get them to understand that concept, this is your family. Mm -hmm. You can talk. You can talk smack to each other and razz each other, but nobody else is going to do it to them. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: I think that mindset for new leadership kind of just changes the whole playing field. Mm-hmm. Like you're no longer micromanaging you, you know that they can do the job. Right. Right. Let them do the job.
0: And just like with your own kids or younger siblings, like if you're constantly getting in there and doing it and getting in their way, they're never going to learn and they're going to resent the hell out of you.
1: Yes. And they're never going to do the job. They'll look at you and go, can you help me? Exactly
0: right. Eventually it'll just become yeah, yeah. helplessness.
1: Yeah. So, do it like you would do it like you would raise your kids, or you, like you grew up with your family. Mm-hmm. You want them to go mow the grass because you don't want to be mowing the grass for the rest of your life.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. Kind of the same concept, I think. If you look at it like a giant family, and which is what you should do, you should treat your patients and your peers like you would treat your family, right? Mm-hmm. You wouldn't go tell this patient, "I'm sorry, I don't have time for you," mm-hmm. because you would not want somebody to do that to your mom. Yeah. yeah.
0: Whoever. The personal is personalization aspect too. It's, it's harder to, to leave your coworkers hanging when you feel like you really know them and they know you, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's important. It's an important layer to have. Um, and that's what people, you know, seek out. That's what you want to have Be like. My work family is my family. They're all crazy, but we love each other. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's like literally the dream for if you have a good job and you can say that about where you work, like you, you've you
2: got it.
1: Well, and for the nurse that I was telling you, I, she actually quit. And then the next day she goes, can I talk to you? And I said, what's up? And she goes, can I rescind my resignation? Oh. I actually like, she goes, this is a family. I feel like I can grow here. Yeah. And I was like, you can absolutely rescind your resignation. Yeah. And she was like, I, I'll ma- I'll make it work. I'll, I'll, do something else. I'll make it work because I don't think I'm going to get this. Yeah. And I've never had that. This. this is like second career and I've never had this in a job previously.
0: Yeah. No, it's, you can't really put a price on that per hour.
1: No. Yeah. Like my kid's sick. I got to go get him and take him home. Can I do lunch now? It's like mm-hmm. nine o'clock. Yeah. Sure. Are you All good? Right. Do I need to cover you? No, no, we're good. I got it. Um da is going to help me out and cover me perfect. Yeah. Just let me know when you get back.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Take that's... care of you, take care of your family.
2: Mm-hmm. Right. Um,
1: but I think we lose that piece. Yeah. When you get into the corporate machine. Yeah. That's part of the problem.
0: So true. Talk to us. And, and another thing I think that, that layers into it, which sort of segues into my next question for you is just about the staffing thing. When there's so much turnover, you don't get a chance. <laughs> To, to know people um, and to get that family aspect when people are always leaving and new people are coming in. Um, and with the stra- staffing crisis that we've had going on for a while now, um, what what's your perspective on that? The factors that got us into it? Um, how have you have a, personally addressed it and
1: the organizations that you help run? So I think we got into the staffing crisis because everybody knew We weren't producing enough nursing, Mm. enough nurses. Um, We weren't producing enough nurses and we were making it too difficult to get into school.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Total bottleneck.
1: Yeah. Like you have a hundred, you have a hundred nurses that want to be nurses, but they're only taking 20 people. Right. So by the time they actually get to go in the next semester, you've lost 75 of those hundred people.
0: Yeah. Very true. Because they
1: found something else to do. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, whether it be some, you know, go respiratory therapy, some stay in the healthcare field, but some just decide, well, why go into healthcare? It's too hard to, it's too hard to get in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I yeah, think we or, created a big portion of our problem.
0: Yeah, I was. I mean, back when I went to school, I had, of course, I would rather have gone to a community college, get my ADN, like get out working as soon as I could. That was what made sense for me at the time. But mm-hmm. the community college had a wait list of like three years. So I ended up going to a private college and taking out all kinds of loans just to get to the actual RN portion of my career faster. And now looking back, I'm like, man, I could have had a different trajectory in terms of, like, my
1: financial career, you know. Um, Exactly. I think we did it. We, as healthcare, as a whole, created all of the shortages that we currently have. We just made it too hard to get in. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, when I, so when I start a new position, my goal in the first 30 days is to know everybody by first name
2: mm. and
1: one thing about them. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's my focus. Yeah. Like, I may walk up and go, hey, how's Jazz? Because that's the dog's name. Right. How's Jazz doing? She's really good. Thanks for asking. That one statement. Mm-hmm huge difference in the life of that person oh yeah huge difference and so my goal for staff retention is to know is to make it a family
2: Mm -hmm.
1: you just take a couple minutes and you do it so um when i've been in bigger organizations i have a binder with a picture so that for for each place so that I know before I'm going to that place I may not have been there in four months because I've been everywhere else Mm -hmm. Um, but I've refreshed all the people all the names and something about them and then at orientation I think it's a huge thing when you go introduce yourself at orientation and then you've got a name with a face and then when you go to the with that floor unit clinic wherever it is and you go, hey, I know I haven't seen you since orientation, but how's the family? How's everything going? Yeah. Huge mark. Yeah. On
0: staff. Yeah. I mean, it, it. it's reminding me of sort of the nursing 101 of, you know, your patients don't care what you know until they know that you care <laughs> and you need to establish rapport for them. It is that important mm-hmm. to sit down and look them in the eye and be like, look, we're about to spend 12 hours together. I care about you, you know, and that is... Mm-hmm. It doesn't stop with, you know, the relationships with your patients. That's such a good good way to look at it.
1: No, you I mean, if you think about it, when you walk in and you look at a patient, you're you're taking report and a lot of locations do bedside report, right? Yeah. Don't just get report. Talk to the patient, say hi, say, Hey, I'm gonna be back. I gotta finish report. And if you tell them you're gonna get them a cup of coffee, get the cup of coffee. Right same thing with your staff. If you tell them you're going to follow up on something like, "Hey, could we get this style of pen instead of this one?" right? If you tell them you're going to check into it, follow up. Yeah. Just that one little follow up. Mhm. Huge difference. Yeah. They'll stay because they know they have a voice.
0: Exactly. More into vlogs than pods you can also watch these interviews check out nurse stack on youtube for video features of these amazing nurses and more content by and for nurses just search nurse stack on youtube to find us and get watching yeah i mean it's the stuff that (laughs) i think we're all taught in school but then to actually put it into practice it's it is these tiny little things that add up and create trust Mm
2: -hmm.
0: and we just don't maybe see that (laughs) you people just want to be seen and heard and the way that you do that is through these little micro interactions as much as the big interactions or when the big Mm -hmm. interactions come along we know that we can count on you because you you do what you say you're gonna do
1: exactly like if I asked you I don't know what did somebody ask me the other day Oh, can we move a shred box closer to me? <laughs> yeah. So the next morning, nobody's in here because I'm super early all the time. Um the shred box is four feet closer and it's split exactly between the two areas. Mm-hmm. They come in first thing they notice. Yeah. Move the shred box. Wasn't that so funny? We sure did. <laughs> if I can get another one, we'll put one in each area. Yeah. But just that little tiny. Right moving a shred box right? should not make a huge difference in somebody's life, Mm -hmm. but because they asked and you did it, huge difference. Yeah. To them,
0: it's you, you heard me, you listened to me and you took action on my behalf.
1: Yeah. I mean, like I said, it could be, it was, it was literally a shred box. (laughs) So that's just what you do. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I think it gives you a little bit of, it, it like makes a deposit in your grace box when later on down the road, you maybe can't accommodate something. And you're like, listen, I try, I went up to bat for you. And like this time we didn't, it didn't work out, you know, but here's what we're going to do going forward. Or, and, and people, instead of feeling blown off, they are like, okay, I believe you.
1: Well, and like I, for example, and I've done this in the past, I they're not going to put you up to the next level on the clone collateral because they've, they're telling me it's not in the budget. I am doing your merit. I'm going to do a great job in your merit. I need you to sell yourself in your merit too, mm-hmm. in your selfie bow. I need you to sell yourself. You put everything you're going to put in there because I'm going to use that to fight more.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, they're not leaving because they know you're fighting. Yeah. I've been told no, but we're going to try a different way. Right. You know, that's, that's a huge piece. Yeah huge piece. You just tiny, tiny little things. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That that's, I think what, at least on our end, what we hear in these conversations and in like our nurse deck social community is just the sincerity of nursing leadership is missing. You know, they're like, they say all the right things, but then the action isn't there. Mm -hmm. So that's, yeah, I, 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 I'm just I'm loving all of this
1: (laughs) you have to still be a nurse you can't just be an executive yeah because I don't want to be the I don't want to be the leader that I didn't want to work for oh
0: my god say that again
1: (laughs) (laughs) like I'm the leader that I wanted to work for because I don't I don't want to be the person I didn't want to work for Yeah. yeah like I don't want that kind of leader where you call and you're putting in a safe harbor because you're five people short on the unit right and instead of because you're a nurse, instead of coming up and helping out, like get the first feed down or whatever, get the first med pass down,
2: Yeah.
1: the bu- busiest med pass, you came up and sat and said, okay, what else do we need to do? Mm-hmm. I don't want to be that person. Yeah. What would help you? Would the med pass at nine o'clock help you or would the med pass at 2 a.m. help you? When right. do you need me there? I, right. I'm giving you four hours. When do you want me there and what do you want me to do? Yeah you know don't be the person that comes up and sits and push papers
2: exactly
1: yeah yeah all the license you're still a nurse be a nurse
0: yes Talk to us a little bit about a, a topic we see coming up all the time. It's constantly talked about on social channels and in the news is um, safe nurse staffing. I mean, we hear these like anecdotal reports of nurses taking 10, 12 patients and three or four patients in ICU and you know, a lot of nurses you see on social are saying, here's how you stand up, you can refuse assignments, here's how to cover your legal basis, which disclaimer, probably don't take legal advice from nurses you see on like Instagram without vetting it out. But how can we empower nurses um, to address these like crazy staffing crises, not just, you know, when you've got a heavier assignment, but the ones that are truly, truly unsafe?
1: I think you don't stop at your leadership. I think if you are consistently putting, being put in a truly unsafe situation, you don't, cause everybody's got a manager and a director, right? Yeah. But that director has a boss. Yeah. There there's quality, there's departments for quality and safety. They may not know what's happening. I think you voice you voice it everywhere. So I'm in Texas, so in Texas you can claim safe harbor. Spectacular. Doesn't get filed with the board.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's you voicing that it's an unsafe assignment to your employer, mm-hmm. which then has to have a group of nurses review the safe harbor claim. It never leaves your system. Yeah. How does that help anybody if it never leaves your system right? You don't have somebody that's outside the system that's like, "Oh yeah, this really was scary oh yeah this this should not be happening right you have to you have to find your advocates, you have to find your fighters yeah you you have to find the people that are gonna make a difference, like even if you have to make an appointment with the president okay organization or CEO or however your organization goes Um, make the appointments take it and just keep doing it don't cry wolf
2: Mm -hmm.
1: yeah do it when you have to do it I think part of part of our problem is, is people have cried wolf so now when it is absolutely scary unsafe yeah People tend not to listen. Yeah, because they're like, "Oh, well, you've been saying this for the last fifteen years." Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. You know, I I think again with the pick your battles, find your battle and fight for it. Right, and figure out figure out who will fight with you. Yeah, yeah,
0: but I think that it's also important. I think to, like you said, make an appointment or do something. If, if you have it within you, if you have the the mental reserve to to take it on, because it is such an important issue, because mm-hmm. the advice right now is, oh, walk away, red flag city, get out of there, you know, leave it for somebody else, like kick the can down the road. And that's just, you know, if you're going to wear the T-shirt that says be the change, like <laughs> I'm not saying, everybody, you know, make make appointments with <laughs> the hospital CEO, but in it, it, take the spirit of that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, if you said, for say, you worked med surge and you talked to all the other nurse managers or the charge nurses on med surge, because you know there's multiple units, there's not just one usually, and you you guys were like, hey, we're consistently getting slammed or yeah. ICU, we're consistently being expected to take this many staff. Get that group of people, charge nurses, nurse managers, or one person from each unit. Get the appointment and say, look, we need to talk to somebody that we feel unsafe. And if things don't change, we're like, we're scared to come to work. Right. All right. Some, that's they, the piece they're going to have are. to hear it. Like, it's not going to be like, I'm just tired. I'm, I'm scared to come to work. I'm scared. I'm going to lose my livelihood and still have to pay back $70,000 student loan. Mm-hmm. Working at McDonald's because. I lost my livelihood because I did something that I knew I was scared and I shouldn't be doing. Right. Yeah. I think it all comes back to empowering people to, to make the change. And I think, like you said, kicking the can down the road is not going to make a change. It's going to create a bigger problem. Right. Yeah, Yeah. exactly.
0: Nurses that are finding it difficult to, keep going right now they're they're losing their love of nursing how what messages do you have for them to to fall back in love with
1: nursing again or to keep them going remember the good days the good patients the um what was your best day in nursing we've all had a best day and we've all had a worst day yeah focus on the best days 12 hours is 12 hours Go in, do what you can do, make a difference in one person's life a day, and you'll smile smile when you leave. Yeah. If you make that one person, like I said, taking them a cup of coffee and they're like, oh my gosh, this is the best cup of coffee ever. Yeah. (laughs) That one person can make your whole day. Yeah, so true. Like if you went into nursing for the right reason, because you wanted to help people because mm-hmm. I, I have people go, well, nurses only going to nursing for money. And I'm like, Ooh, so not the right answer. <laughs> no. <laughs> and then they get right back out. Cause they're like, Whoa, I'm not built for this. <laughs> yes. I mean, those people aren't still nurses at 20 years, 10 years, 15 exactly. years. Exactly. They're not still nurses. They made maybe five years. Maybe. Yeah. The ones that are still in nursing after five, 10, 15, 20, 25 Thirty years, they're there because they truly care about people.
0: Yeah, and want when you're them getting something out better. of it besides a paycheck,
1: yeah, like you just smile. Mm-hmm. I have, I have, I still do I still do intermittent nursing care, and I have one patient that I did something for him the other day, and he's like, "Are you here all week?" And I'm like, "Well, yeah, I'm here all week." And he's like, "I'm bringing breakfast and bringing donuts on Wednesday. Uh-huh. You do not have to bring us donuts. Mm? You can't tell me what I can do." Yeah. <laughs> Like that person, that one person that you're like, oh, remember when we did that? And he was so much better.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That one memory. If you mm-hmm. can hang on to your good stuff, because in general, there's hopefully more good than bad. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. And um, the last two years was mentally draining. And physically draining for everybody in healthcare. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess we're almost at three years now. Yeah, it was seriously draining. We have to get out of. We have to get out of the COVID mindset, right? Um, I think after everybody went into quarantine for almost a year, um, people forgot how to socialize. Right. <laughs> right. So when they they came back out into the public, they were. And I hate to say this, but they were rude. They were mean-spirited. and Yeah, there was a lot of negative energy built up. And when you were getting attacked the entire time you were there, and then you have people that are like, I can't believe I have to wear a mask, and I can't believe they're making me go back to the office when we never stopped. Yeah, right, right. You have to remember, I do this because I want people to be, I want to help people. Yeah. But there's always something else you can do in nursing. You can be a coach. You can. There are so many options for nurses that just can't um, physically be at the bedside anymore. Right.
2: Uh, right.
1: Like, you know, we all beat up on our bodies. I think, you know, two years in, we've all had a permanent injury of some mm-hmm. form.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Whether it's your back, your knee, your shoulder, something's something's been hurt. Yeah. <laughs> we've yeah. all done it. Um. I think if you if you can focus on the positive and you can bring the positive back, um, and I think getting more support systems for nurses,
2: mm-hmm.
1: support systems that aren't going to judge them, where they can just get on, they can vent, just like I said, my staff come in and vent, walk mm-hmm. out. You mm-hmm. can get on, you can vent, and then the, and then release it and let it go. Yeah, you don't have to think about it again, but you have to have somebody that's not going to judge you on venting.
0: Yeah, that's a perfect segue to my next <laughs> question about community and nursing communities in particular, like the community that we've crafted in at NurseDeck. Um, I mean, you kind of already answered this question, but how do you think nurses specifically can benefit from from those really micro communities where people just know what it's like?
1: I just think the support, like, I legitimately think if you can, because all of us are going to complain human yeah you're going to have a bad day you're going to complain about something and it's going to seem petty to somebody that's never been there
2: Mm -hmm.
1: right you need somebody you just need a forum where you can you can complain about the petty yeah and not feel judged right like i just i just need somebody else to say i hear you yeah i had one of those days two weeks ago or whatever but i got Mm -hmm. you girl go get it a piece of chocolate
2: Please. yeah that's so
0: true i i was listening to an interview the other day i think it was like terry gross or something and she was interviewing a pathologist about these like crazy you know neurodegenerative diseases that she researches but like in petri dishes you know and she's mm-hmm. like how do you cope knowing that there's other patients like patients down the line that are benefiting or not benefiting depending on how the research like what it turns up or doesn't and she says well and then she paused and she's like i even hate to say this because if, if you're not in my profession it'll it's going to come off sounding horrible but she's like we use dark humor and you know sometimes you're you're looking at someone's results or looking at their genetic profile and you're like well, Someone needs to tell him he shouldn't buy the big tube of toothpaste, you know, and she yeah. kind of like giggled at her own joke. And the interviewer was like, i horror- mortified, <laughs>
2: <But> <laughs> I'm,
0: like, oh, yeah, that didn't land right. But I know what you're talking about. And I know you're not a horrible person. And these are the things you don't have to, like, put a disclaimer in front of when you're talking to, like,
1: your people. Exactly. You you it has to be a nonjudgmental. Yeah. Supportive forum. And you can't, you can't, and a politics-free, <laughs> right. non-judgmental supportive forum. Right. Like, anybody, I don't care who you are, anybody throws in politics, it's an argument. Yeah, right. Somebody's not going to agree with something, that something's happening and something, something. And yeah. then the whole purpose of the supportive environment goes away. Yeah. So then people stop posting things, people stop saying things, people stop getting the support, people stop get getting the mental health, like, okay, I'm not crazy, I'm not a bad person, support, just like the toothpaste, like dark humor. Like, yeah. you have to have somebody say, you're not crazy. Right. You're not a mean not really person. I get doing. it. Yeah. Yeah, so true. Well,
0: awesome. This has been such an amazing discussion. I always love talking to nurse leaders and nurse executives for this exact reason, because I feel like it helps build the bridge back a little bit between floor nurses and acute care and bedside nurses, whatever your role is that, that feel like, like how you and I would say the suits (laughs) that aren't, Mm -hmm. that aren't, you know, don't feel like they're part of it, whatever it it is that you're experiencing, um, you know, your day-to-day struggles as a nurse. So, I just love putting out these examples that nurse. So nurses can know like, yes, they do. Management does care about you and, but you need to care back. It's a two way street. Um, I, I thank you so much for your time. I, we always like to ask if there's any topic or we haven't discussed or a message that you'd like to put out to nurses right now. Um, the floor is yours. Um,
1: be strong. You will survive it. Yeah. That's for baby nurses. And I think baby nurses, anybody that's been in it, I'm going to go under five years because the last three is COVID. Yeah, right. And that's been stressful for even, you know. Any of those five years. 30 you? year nurses. <laughs> yeah. Like it's, it's been a crazy time. I would say even under five years, you will survive. It isn't always hard. It is very rewarding, and people will always shine if you allow them to shine. Yeah. They always sparkle if you let them sparkle. Yeah,
0: that's awesome. Well, Tiffany, thank you so much. I know you're so, so busy. Um, We really appreciate you carving time out for us, and we hope that we see you over on our Nurse Deck social community. Um, I know you've been poking around there already, so we love you.
1: (laughs) Well, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, absolutely.
0: This has been a Nurse Deck production hosted by NP Jamie Smith and RN Brianna kinney Orr. This episode was produced and edited by Juan Paolo Toison and Julia Taliesin. Join us on social.nursedeck.com to connect with podcast hosts and guests and experience a truly nurse-centered online community. Thank you for listening.